Hello and welcome back to Nesting with the Early Birds. This is episode three, where you will hear all about my two-year-old son Luca's hospitalization due to low blood sugar. Let me tell you, it was scary. So pour yourself a cup of coffee or a glass of wine, depending on the time of day. Get cozy and thank you for coming. Hey friends, thank you so much for coming back. Let me tell you, I have had such a great response from doing these podcasts already. I feel like I could do this for the rest of my life. This is like the best live journaling possible thing I could ever do. And I think that my husband, Evan, is probably feeling great about it too because normally all these things that I'm talking about, I'm normally talking at him about. So I think this is giving him just a little bit of a break. Um, So we are going to get into it. If you have been listening to my previous podcasts, you would know that right now we're doing a whole segment about my two-year-old son, Luca, and his current issues that he's battling and the diagnoses that he's facing. And in the last episode, I told you guys all about how he has started the nightly injections of the nortotropin, which is the human growth hormone. And he has these injections every night. And because of these, we need to have his blood monitored and tested for certain abnormalities um, and markers of things like inflammation. The big thing that I can do is cause swelling on the brain, which obviously is like a really big deal because your brain, uh, you know, does everything. (laughs) So anyways, here's the story. We had gone to get his blood tested because he was being very cranky and we had to do it with a fasting level. We go to the blood lab place or whatever And it was packed to the brim, like packed. And even though we did get there kind of late in the day, Luca didn't even wake up till 11 a.m. that day. And um, so we got there at noon, but the ding-dong busyness of that place, nobody saw us until around 1.30, maybe 2 o'clock, and that's when they took his blood. So ding-ding, that's kind of crazy right there. Anyway, so we finished, and Luca's getting that, to that fussy point where I knew he'd been getting fussy. And we, I was like, don't worry, buddy. We're going to go get some McDonald's. Oh, yeah, man, we're going to get a Happy Meal. And he's like, yes, a Happy Meal. Like, you know, it was super gangster for him. He's like, this is the best life as a two-year-old. And so he was so pumped because he got to specify the different items in his meal, which Anybody that knows a two-year-old knows they love being in control. So anyways, we go get his Happy Meal. He's so pumped. And, oh, just so you know, he got chicken nuggets and uh, sweet and sour sauce, french fries, and a chocolate milk because that kid was starving Marvin, and it was a special treat. We don't eat like that all the time. So anyways, he's eating, and he's doing this thing where he's like, happy dancing when he's eating, you know, where you sit there and you're just like, "Mm, mm, 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 mm." I don't know if you do that, but in my family, when we really enjoy food, we kind of like shake our head and we're like, dun, 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 in our head. So that's what he was doing in the backseat of the van. And I'm so happy that he's happy and I'm happy that he's eating and we're driving home. And I'm, I don't know if I was on the phone with my husband 
I don't know what was going on, but a phone call comes in. Bring. I answer it because it says, VCU Children's Endocrinology. So I answer the phone. I'm like, hello. And it was our doctor, Dr. Gupta. And she says, uh, hello, I'm just calling to see how Luca's doing. I was like, oh, he's doing great. We just had McDonald's. And she's like, so he's awake? I was like, yeah, he's awake. Like, he, I mean, he's getting tired. It's nap time. Well, Shannon, we just got your blood test results and, well, Luca's blood test results. Shannon, you need to turn around right now and come to the emergency room. I was like, what? She goes, his blood sugar is so dangerously low, he could slip into a coma. Now, also, I don't think she used the coma word at that point yet, but, like, I was in shock, and I was... um at a red light and it's at this road that is very busy and also the red light is stupid short you know the one where like if you don't pay attention you're gonna miss the whole round of red lighting and like if the person in front of you is being a fart and they're like on their phone and they miss the light how you're like really angry with that person okay so it was like this kind of intersection and so she called and i started <laughs> she said we had to turn around I was just being so stupid. Like, I was in shock. So I was saying things like, I, I mean, he just ate, though. Like, he's fine. And she's like, well, I understand, but he needs to come back. And, you know, we're worried he could fall asleep. And I'm like, well, I mean, it's his nap time. And I keep just driving towards my house. <laughs> and then she's like, no, Shannon, you, like, you need to come back now. It's very urgent. I think he's going to be hospitalized at least for tonight so we can watch him. And I said, well, can I go home and pack a bag? <laughs> she's like, no, you need to come now. But, you know, and she never yelled, but she's very forceful. But, like, I was in shock. Like, all I, have you ever, when is the last time you went to go and get a blood draw? And then they call you in an hour and they tell you to turn around and come back. I've never had that happen in my life. I have chronic illnesses. All my kids have weird diagnoses. I've never in my life been asked to turn around immediately. If you have, virtually raise your hand. Let me know about it. So anyways, then I start saying things like, well, I need my medicines. Like, can with, with the coronavirus, is my husband allowed to come too? And she's like, I don't know about the rules of the hospital. Like, you need to just come. I'm like, well, can my husband come in and give me my bags? <laughs> I don't know, guys. Anyway, so I call my husband and I'm just like, what the F? I used the real word because in my relationship, we like to cuss when we're in stress, when we talk with each other. Not at each other. We don't cuss at each other. That's a whole different situation. I'm not telling you to do that. What I'm saying is if I stub my toe in front of my husband, he is, I'm going to let those colorful words fly. Okay, like he's used to it. So I was colorful wording with him and about like, you know, what the crap? Like, what's going on? I have no idea. And so he's like, well, honey, I think you should, I guess, just like go to the hospital. <laughs> so we go back to VCU Children's Hospital, which is quite a drive from my house also. It's not like, you know, right down the street or anything. It's a good 30 minutes away. And so we get to the hospital and... They do all that stuff where they hook them up to machines and they do the pulse ox and ox the pulse ox. I, I don't remember what ox is short for at this very moment, but that's what they did with him. And 
they hooked him up to the IV and they started to continually monitor his sugars. My doctor ended up letting us know that his sugars were only at level 43, which if anybody knows anything about blood sugars, that's a really big deal. Like that's a super duper low number. <clears throat> Especially because once they get to like the 70s, that's lows. So it was 40 and that is scary. And also, if you remember from episode one, I talked about how he had to get the stem test and he did actually pass out during that test. He did need oxygen during that test and it was an emergent situation. So I don't know why I wasn't thinking more like it could ever happen again. I guess I was just thinking, well, that was during the stem test. That's a totally, you know, medically supervised situation. They told me his sugars could go low. Totally, maybe not normal, but not entirely unexpected like this was while we were eating McDonald's. So anyways, they're telling me like, uh, you know, we need to monitor his blood sugars because it's a serious problem that it was so low and... We're definitely going to have you at least stay overnight. And here's the thing. I have, like I said, four children with different issues. Each and every one of them, if I think about it, I guess all except Onwen, have been hospitalized overnight. And I have always been the one to stay. Like you, you would have to tear me away like, I don't even know, like some kind of Sorry, hold on one second. Sorry about that. Uh, my husband is sitting very close to me. And as I was talking, he started like laughing really hard, but quietly the kind of laugh that's like, <laughs> I can't do it. But it's the kind where it's like basically only breath. Like, <laughs> okay, whatever. So that's what he was doing next to me. And I thought he was laughing at me talking about being torn away from my kids. And so anyways, I had paused the recording, figure out what's going on. Turns out it's a very hilarious Reddit post, which I I also laughed out loud at very loud. Anywho, okay. So I was talking about how I've never, ever, ever not slept with my kids overnight. Well, of course, I have been going through like a lot of super stressful things. And I'm generally the kind of person, maybe you can hear it from my voice, maybe not, but I'm generally pretty happy-go-lucky, like generally will let things just kind of roll down my back, whatevs, but our family has been just getting jammed lately. Like Satan has been attacking us like it was his job, which let's be real, it is his job, you know. But anyways, we have been feeling it. We have been jammed, jammed, jammed. So... I also really, really, really love my sleep. Like, I love my sleep almost like in an adulterous way. It would be like, can you, what, would you like this or sleep? It would be sleep every time. So anyways, the night before we had to go get Luca's blood sugar tested, I actually didn't sleep the entire night. I stayed awake organizing our medicine cabinet from... 1 a.m. until 5.30 a.m. when I realized the sun was coming up. And then I was like, well, F me. There's no way I'm going to go to bed now because everyone's going to wake up soon. No, that was the first time in all my children's lives that they slept till almost 11 a.m. What in the fart? But our house 
did look super duper clean. So that was a plus. And when I showed my husband the cabinet, because I was like super excited about my nighttime effort, he, you know what, wasn't that thrilled. <laughs> he wasn't like, man, I can see that this was worth it. He was like, good job. That's great. That's great. That night before I hadn't slept. And so obviously getting all this news was a, sh was a shock regardless. But now at this point, I was hitting my 32 hours awake mark which probably isn't the best awake mark to hit. And my husband, Evan, was like, honey, he was so gentle and kind with me because he knows that I am so fiercely in love with my kids, but also when it is regarding their health, I'm like um, Gandalf when he's fighting off the fire dude that's like, you shall not pass. I'm not Gandalf, I'm Shandolf. Shandolf early. And he was so sweet, guys. And right now during flipping coronavirus, hospitalization stuff is so crazy. And the, you can't have two parents in a room with a kid. You can't have visitors for the kid. And I understand that there's a lot of safety issues going on, but it's like, come on. You know, he's a two-year-old. Whatever, whatever. That's a rant for another day. Anyways, so... Evan did eventually persuade me to not stay the night. And it felt, it was just an awful feeling. But I also finally understood, you know, like, my husband loves me so friggin' much. And he always wants what's best for me. He always wants what's best for our kids. And I just knew, like, I had to trust him. And also, he's never been that forceful before about asking me to stay home. Um, so I just knew it was a really big deal. And also, my, what's the word of family when they're not like your family that lives in your house? Babe, like a mom and dad. What are those, what is that name of family? Is that your immediate family still? What's the name of that family? <laughs> if anybody knows the name of family that is like your mom and dad and siblings. Wait a minute. That's my immediate family. <laughs> that's my immediate family. Oh my goodness. Okay. Anyway, this is, I've always recorded my podcasts in the closet from my bedroom. And I think it might be easier because when I'm doing this and I see my husband looking at me, it's like, I feel kind of awkward because I'm just talking to myself. I mean, I'm talking to you guys. But not yet. It's not like you're there yet. You know what I'm saying? So uh, anyways, sorry. My immediate family came through. They were all badasses. Normally everybody has jobs, work, whatever, going on dates, having fun, whatever it is. And they're not all normally available. But when they found out that Luca needed to be hospitalized, they jumped on it. And so like my brother and his fiance. They took them to hang out at their house for a while. And then my mom and dad let them sleep over at their house. And they were so sweet because they would do things like send us pictures like, oh, the kids had a lot of ice cream and they're happy, like stuff like that. So that made me feel really, really great. And that night when I went home and Evan was with Luca, I actually slept in my house alone for the first time in my entire life. I'm 34 years old. And I've never slept alone in my house. And it was the weirdest feeling. It was so quiet. 
I did not like it. I hated it. Hated it. So I at least I do have a dog named Frodo. Frodo's two pounds. He's a Yorkie. And we have our black cat, Persephone. So I did have them and they were super nice. Anyways, the doctor's plan was basically just to starve Luca. Starve him. And we didn't realize that at first. And so when I was there before I left, they ended up giving him this delicious meal. It was like pancakes and sausage. And he was doing that little happy eating dance again. And he'd be like, pancakes, mom? There's pancakes? Like he just couldn't believe it. And um, just dipping it in the syrup all happy and singing little songs, watching Mickey Mouse on the uh, TV there. And we didn't know that that was going to be his last meal. So the next day comes and they're just starving him, starving him, starving him. And thankfully, my husband Evan was there with him because I don't I don't think I could have dealt with it. I think uh, it would have just been, it would have been terrible to be like, sorry, buddy. Again, I know the things that you really, really love is like food and drinking, but you can't do any of those things right now. Sorry. So Evan was there with him, which I'm really thankful for. And I would call and get updates and texts. And uh, I ended up getting back there around 1 p.m. that the next day. There was supposed to be this 24-hour visitation rule where if you left at 9 p.m., you couldn't come back till 9 p.m. the next day. And I was like, F that! I'm calling the nurses. So they let me come in early. I wasn't mean. So like, even though in my head, I'm like, F this. To them, I'm like, hey guys, just wondering, la 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 la. Niceness works, people. Be kind to people. Sometimes they'll be kind back. And like also God, you know, Jesus tells us to be kind to people, but whatevs, you know. So, um... I was able to come back in around two and that is finally when his blood sugar dropped low enough where they were able to test it again. And they basically were trying to test it for specific hormonal imbalances and other kinds of markers and flags that would pop up to see if he had any issues. And the big things that they were waiting on were his insulin levels, his C-peptide levels, and his beta-hydroxy levels. So insulin, obviously, made by the pancreas. Uh, so having a low insulin level is a very big deal, or I guess high. You want everything normal, guys. The C-peptide levels, um, and then the beta-hydroxy levels. So the beta-hydroxy level had something to do with the ketones in his blood, and his C-peptide levels also had something to do with his, like, pancreatic activity. I'm not exactly positive about it. Anyways, we wait days and days, but oh, they send us home with a glucose sugar monitor and we're supposed to take his blood multiple times a day. So now my two-year-old has this giant needle injection he takes every night and we're supposed to also check his blood three times a day with this flipping finger pricker POS hate it. And, um, yeah, I talked before about how it was a prick in my heart. And then it was like, oh, that was a prick in your heart. Let's see what 75 pricks a day does. My heart is just bleeding. So my poor son, my poor son. So he has little tiny fingers. These machines aren't specifically made for kids. So these needles are giganto. They're still for, you know, old people with diabetes too. And 
immediately his finger started getting really bruised and it was awful. And uh, actually a friend of ours has a son with diabetes and she was able to share with us something called the Genteel Lancing device. This thing is awesome. Like, you know when people tell you something's gray and you're, probably, you're like, eh, I don't know, maybe. That's kind of how I felt. I was like, okay, whatever, I'll try it. But actually I tried it and this thing is a beast and Luca actually requests it. I love this baby. But it's really great because it's a machine that basically does the shot like shoom, super fast. And it doesn't hurt. I don't know how they made it so it doesn't hurt. But it's also cool because you can do it like in your palm, your forearm, your calf, your chest maybe. <laughs> I'm just imagining the chest. I don't know. <laughs> People are going to be out there like punching this thing right in their pectorals. So, yeah, man, we've got that device, and then we have this um, his glucose monitors, and they basically gave us rules of, hey, if a sugar goes on under 77, you have to do all these things. If it goes under 55, go to the ER, basically is what the deal is. And so his results came back, and at, on paper, it looks like type 1 diabetes, which is childhood diabetes. It's awful, and I actually would like to do a whole podcast about that, so... I won't go into too much detail, but just know it's friggin' awful. Um, so on paper, that's what it looks like. But then speaking with the doctor, they were trying to tell me that because he was fasting when they took those levels, those a lot of those numbers were to be expected. Here's the thing. If they were to be expected, then why the F are we taking it, A? And then B, um... Why are we not taking his blood when his levels are normal and get maybe like a baseline reference? Because this makes no sense to me. So we're in this weird limbo where we're supposed to just continually test his blood to get this data for the doctors apparently and adjust his diet based on his blood sugar levels. So it's pretty damn stressful to be honest. Not to mention the strips, even with insurance, are so expensive. They are so expensive. It's wrong. And the one thing that our doctor prescribed for his test strips, our insurance didn't want to give us, so the insurance gave us a different brand. And actually, before the podcast, I wanted to start this podcast like way earlier this episode, but my husband was on the phone with the company of this new glucose monitor that wasn't working. So whatever, guys, whatevers. Anyway, so that's what's going on right now with our son. Uh, we don't really have any more information than that at this moment. But all I can say is I am so thankful for his courage and his strength. We, again, don't deserve him. I don't understand the patience he gives us. It's completely undeserved. And how he so loves us so deeply and runs and hugs us when we, you know, just come into a room. So I'm really thankful for that. But honestly, I'm so thankful for the support that I've been getting from a community of people. You know, men and women have been messaging me, talking to me, sharing their stories with me. And that's been amazing. Just so encouraging. I can't even tell you. So I hope that me sharing our journey has a little bit of encouragement to you as well. That, you know, I'm just a normal mom with four kids and a, a husband. 
and we're getting through it. You know, we're not wealthy (laughs) and God is still good to us. We can see his goodness through it, even though it still sucks quite often. All right, guys, that is it for tonight. Our next episode, episode four, is going to be about homeschooling, why we do it and why it rocks, and also why it sucks. So I hope you tune in to that. That will be episode four. And I hope you have a great day. Remember, God totally loves you. Bye.